Welcome to Meaningful Minutes, a podcast provided by Beautiful Outcome, where we are passionate about the adventure of creating lives of meaning. I'm your host, Julia Woods, and today we're going to talk about overcoming overwhelm. One of the most common phrases I hear new clients say is, I feel overwhelmed. Many times they are feeling so overwhelmed in their life and in their circumstances that they have recently just experienced their first anxiety attack. What they are overwhelmed about can vary from being overwhelmed with the busyness of their day-to-day schedule, overwhelmed with the disconnect they feel with their spouse, overwhelmed by financial challenges, overwhelmed with their wanting more and not knowing how to get it, Overwhelmed with the sense that life must mean more than what they've experienced thus far. Overwhelmed with difficult people and people that are wreaking havoc in their lives. Overwhelmed by inner demons of self-loathing, shame, and regret. Overwhelmed in their seeking a lifetime love but coming up empty. Overwhelmed in being very successful at their current job but knowing they want more and they're not really sure how to do how to get there whatever the source of overwhelm it is real and tangible and can bring a person to their wit in, wits end very quickly my focus today is going to be looking at overwhelm as a whole from what it is and how to embrace it so that you can open up new possibilities in your life My experience and that of my clients leads me to believe that overwhelm is a state of mind rather than a reality. The stories I'm telling myself about myself, the people involved in my circumstances, and what could happen in my life if my fears became reality produce the level of overwhelm I'm experiencing. In 2009, I felt extremely overwhelmed. I was working 70 to 80 hours a week, traveling a lot for work, homeschooling our four kids, feeling helpless in connecting with my husband who was dealing with depression, stressed with my teenagers who were not seeing things my way, and really struggling with a lack of feeling valuable and worthy as a person. It was overwhelming to think at 40 years old I was hating my life and was starting to feel hopeless about the future. I came to the end of myself, if you will. I couldn't see that there was any more of me to give, and yet I knew I had a lot more life to live. Historically, when I wanted to be more successful, I just increased how hard I worked. But now, I had no more work harder available. I couldn't work any more hours. I couldn't take on any more business. I couldn't add anything else to my already full schedule of spinning plates. My myth of working harder brings more success and value had brought me right to the end of my capacity. Either the days needed to get longer or there had to be another way. What I am so grateful for is that the overwhelm was a gift. It was so palatable that it was hard to focus on anything else. So it had my undivided attention. I knew something needed to change. 
I was unwilling to keep settling for not knowing what to do. The truth is, I knew what to do. I just kept covering it up so I wouldn't be aware of it. The answers I needed were all inside of me, but I had been looking for them outside of me. The self-loathing and lack of self-worth I had chosen up until that point had made me the least likely of places to look for to resource. I was so sure everyone else had the answers I needed. So I, in my, in many of the bigger areas of my life, avoided considering the thoughts and ideas that came from me about how to support my husband and kids. I wrote them off as though they were impossible ideas and silly to consider. Thankfully, in this season in 2009, when I came to the end of myself and was no longer uh, willing to continue in this state of overwhelm, I turned inward. I began to consider first that maybe I was the problem and the solution. I could see that I was the one creating my misery and that I was the one looking to everyone else and everything else to cure my misery. As As I began to reckon with the possibility that I was the one creating my misery, I started to find the resource of possibility within myself. My despair brought me to leave no rock unturned. I was desperate. It didn't make any sense at the time. How could I be my own resource? I was angry, cynical, bitter, and resentful that God and life hadn't offered me the life I'd hoped and prayed for. I thought I'd seen it all and come up empty. Yet a still small voice inside of me called me inward. I call that still small voice inside of me, my heart, intuition, and God's communication center inside of me. I believe every human being on earth has this same communication center inside of them, and it is their life spring waiting to be tapped into. This life spring inside of me started calling me to daily gratitude and early walks where I talked to God and thought about things I didn't typically think about. After a few weeks and months of this daily time of reflecting on the bigger questions of life and turning to someone bigger than me who was talking to me from inside of me, something started to open up in the subtlest of ways within me. I began to wonder about myself and the things I was sure was, were true. Were they true? How did I know if they were true? Like my value and worth comes from success. And I'm responsible for my husband and kids' happiness. I had never considered that these things might be stories I was making up because I had known these things to be true as long as I could remember. It seemed like I had watched my grandparents and parents live them out too. Yet my heart called me to deeper curiosity. I wondered why some of what I was sure about didn't seem to be as true for others. Could I be wrong? One by one, the subconscious stories came to the surface and I began to ponder new possibilities. 
Some of these stories were things like, God is disappointed in me. If I stop working 70 to 80 hours a week, we won't make as much money. If money decreases, we will need to decrease our lifestyle. My husband will get more depressed. He wouldn't want to be married to me anymore. I won't have value and worth if I don't keep working harder and making more money. My children will not want to be with me. These stories ran in the subconscious of my mind as though they were written on stone. I hadn't really paid much attention to them, yet they had been ordering the choices and steps of my days for decades. Over the course of months and years, I began wrestling with each one of these stories one at a time. The greatest wrestling matches emerged in the moments I felt overwhelmed. I would find myself working to get dinner on the table after a long day at work, and it felt like my insides were going to explode. I wanted to run into my room and escape from the chaos. I told myself it was my kids, my husband, the dinner I was making, the angry client from earlier that day, the mess in my house that was creating this internal chaos, and if I could retreat to my room, the chaos would go away. But it came with me. In the quiet of my room, the chaos remained. I began to realize it wasn't a result of the things outside of me. It was a result of what was inside of me. These stories were driving my reality. Our bodies are much more aware of what is going on before our heads are. And if I will pay attention to the feedback my body is offering me, it will lead me to the chaos that needs to be addressed inside of me. I have found the best way to address chaos is to give it a voice by asking it questions. As my heart began to invite me into curiosity, I would start with the question, what am I feeling? I would realize I was feeling overwhelmed. That would lead me to the next question, what am I overwhelmed about? I would free flow everything that came to mind, like, That client that was mad at me today is going to tell all my best clients and I will lose my business. I can't seem to do anything right. I am so sick of doing all the work around here. My husband sees how stressed out I am and he doesn't even care or ask if he can help me. I don't even know if anyone's going to eat this stupid dinner I'm making as they always complain about my cooking anyway. Nothing I ever do is good enough. Many times, as the thoughts poured out, so did the tears. As I wrote, I would eventually get to the point of feeling like I had gotten it all out. I had emptied the current experience of overwhelm through my keyboard. My next step was to objectively look at what had come out of me. What of what was there was true and what wasn't? What else might be just as true, if not truer, than what I had believed? For me personally, I would turn my heart to God at that point and ask Him what He had to say. Many times, one word would come, like trust, hope, or rest. Other times, a feeling of peace would come over me that was like a light converting the darkness inside of me. And other times, I would write paragraphs of what I sensed God speaking to my heart. 
And then there were times where I heard nothing. In those times, I could either get more upset and simply, or I could simply rely on what I'd been discovering in the weeks prior. I could see that a lot of what I was overwhelmed was assumed outcomes. I didn't know if my upset clients would tell other people. I didn't know if my husband saw how stressed out I was. I didn't know if he didn't care, even though it seemed like I did know. But I really was just assuming that I knew. And we all know what assumptions do. They make an ass out of you and me. Through this wrestling, my overwhelm was replaced with tiny bits of hope, love, joy, grace, new possibilities, and wonder. I could rejoin the family with new peace in my heart. And I could actually ask the questions that my assumptions had wanted, had made me believe I was 100% accurate about. I could ask my husband if he had noticed my stress. I could ask my children if they liked the dinner. My willingness to do the heart work of ordering the chaos inside of me began to release beauty. And these stories began to be rewritten one moment of overwhelm at a time. By giving the chaos a voice to externalize the feeling of overwhelm, I could take control of the emotions and decide if what I believed underneath them was true or not. In the 10 years I've been doing this heart work, the sense of overwhelm comes less and less frequent to me. And the beliefs of who I am, who other people are, and what life is, are being transformed one moment at a time. Because each time I give the subconscious a voice, I give it a new truth to resource in moments moving forward. Rather than my steps being ordered through stories like I can't do anything right, They are being ordered through new possibilities like I am right here, right now. What is wanted and needed in this moment? It is a gradual transformation that keeps deepening each time I'm willing to do the heart work. Today, when I feel a sense of overwhelm coming on, I'm much quicker to go to the investigation than those stories that want to make themselves true. Up until now, time is one of the main areas that can trigger my feeling of overwhelm. If I'm working with a tight deadline or a week where it feels like I have too much to do, I start to notice my solar plex tightening. I know my body knows something that I'm currently unaware of, so I start asking myself questions. Those questions lead me to understand that I'm afraid there isn't enough time to get everything done. That leads me to ask myself questions like, if there were enough time for me to do what I need, would I want to know? Are there things I am doing that aren't mine to do? What requests do I need to make? Through the investigation, my internal state of overwhelm shifts and I am free to keep moving forward with a new mindset. 
As I work with my clients, I find that this heart work I do that helps me move from feeling overwhelmed to clarity and peace doesn't just work for me. It works for them too. It seems to be universal. The limiting things we believe about ourselves, others, and lives can bring us to feel overwhelmed pretty quickly. And yet, if I can look at these overwhelmed moments as flags inviting us right into the most significant heart work that needs to be redone at that moment in our lives, we begin to become our greatest resource and our stories begin to come in to truth. Our hearts know what our heads try to convince us isn't true, and it is up to each of us to choose which truth we're going to let govern our lives. So the next time you feel overwhelmed, would you take a few minutes and wrestle with the two sources of truth inside of you? The one that wants to tell you what it's afraid is true, and the one that wants to tell you what actually is becoming true. Let your heart lead you to the truth that is filled with hope. It will help you replace your overwhelm with new possibilities needed in that moment and beyond. This is the heart of what I do as a transformational coach. I walk with people to uncover their truth of their life lived fully alive. What I have discovered, discussed for you, described for you today is the heart work I do on my own on a very regular basis to move my emotions into signpost leading me to my life fully alive. It is vital, and yet I would be amiss if I failed to mention the work that professional coaches and counselors have helped me work through in my freedom journey through the years. While this daily work is my responsibility, there are also parts of me that require others to stand with me as I work through these stories from my past to find my truth of becoming. If you find yourself in that place, please know that finding others who you trust to walk with you is a very healthy and normal part of your freedom journey and can be a really powerful resource in helping you locate truth that will order the chaos in your life and release beauty for your future. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and rate this podcast and then share it with a friend. For more resources or to contact me, please go to my website, beautifuloutcome.com. I look forward to connecting with you again soon.